Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach, and you're listening to Season 3 of Green Juice and Tequila. Well, hello y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach, and we are hitting up another episode on Green Juice and Tequila Season 3, and I am like so excited and pumped to have this next guest. I don't even know how to introduce her because she's like one of my favorite spin instructors in Austin. I like was trying to come up with like all of these different like ways to describe your personality, and I was like, I don't even know because she's just so damn funny and so motivating. Um, she's a mama. She lives in Austin. She just launched launched a new app and I'm super pumped to have the beautiful Ali Perry on today. Thanks for being on girl. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yay. Oh, wait, what were some of the ways that you were going to describe me? Oh, I was, so I had a couple different, different intros. One was like, okay, this is Austin's favorite spin instructor who legit kicks your booty and might motivate you with some enticing like descriptions of like this and that. And I was like, or she can encourage you with, I was like, how do I make profanity sound positive? Right. I was like encouraging profanity and motivating you in each of your classes. Yeah. (laughs) Encouraging profanity is what I came up with. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm like, I can't even wait to dive in and and ask you all the questions that I've got going on here. But first and foremost, just so for those who are listening, who may not know who you are or kind of like your background, um, just give us like a quick spinoff of just like your life and, you know, what kind of got you into, into the spin world and being in Austin yeah, so I I was born in Puerto Rico and then grew up on the beach in North Carolina and bounced from New York to L.A. to Austin. So I ended up here about five years ago um, and was not, I don't know, I like it, but I don't love it. The weather sucks. No one ever talks about that. I mean, Austin's great. It's great. The people are nice. The weather freaking sucks. Can I curse? Yeah, you can curse. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, okay, so, but like Austin, whatever. Um, before I moved here, and while I was here, uh, the move was part of it. I was part of a um, a long battle for, for custody. And so in that battle, I got sober, and in my sobriety, I found spin. So um, right when I got sober, my Eskimo, who's the person that helped you get sober, um, introduced me to, um, to soul cycle out there. They just opened up in LA. So this was what, nine, 10, almost 11 years ago. There was a little hiccup in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, um, I just, I was so cracked open and so completely broken and empty, like cracked open and not, not to the point where like you're cracked open and you start feeling things again, but cracked open and just completely vacant. And it was a perfect place to work through that and fill and choose the pieces that I fill myself back up with. So like between that and, and the program that I was using to, to help get sober and my friends and all of that, like I was able to choose how to rebuild myself and, Spin was a huge part of that. And actually, I don't even think it was a rebuilding of myself. I think it was a rediscovering. Yeah. Because I firmly believe that you have everything you need. It's just a matter of tapping into it. 
Like we, we're not born lacking. We're taught that we lack. Right. Right. So, um, so I loved it. I found myself there. It literally saved my life. And then it was my higher power before I found a higher power. Um, meaning like it was where I felt like there was energy and life and a uh, purpose larger than myself. Right. Um, so I fell in love with it. I wanted to teach, but I have this lifelong tendency to, uh, not try things out of fear of failure or judgment. Um, but when I do try things, I'm usually really good at it. So I've told myself, I don't need to try that because I know that I'm going to be good at it. So listen, I'll waste my time, which is really, I'm fucking scared and I don't want to suck, so I'm not going to try. Right. Um, right. So I finally auditioned, like four years into spinning, finally, finally, finally auditioned. And there was a lot of bounce around with it. I got it, and then I didn't get it, and then I got it, and then there's new blah, 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 all this shit. But then I ended up having to move to Austin. So I moved here. I found a studio here I loved. I started, I auditioned here, um, started teaching. And then that's, that's what made me fall in love with Austin as much as I, as much as I am, is the community there. I know, right? When I started teaching there. Yeah, the community is awesome. the whole reason why, it's so good. The whole reason why I started teaching there was because, um, I always get emotional. I'm sure I said this in class when you took class, like the magic, the possibilities in that room are, the magic is palpable. That's when you can touch it, right? Palatable is when you can taste it. You can taste it sometimes too. (laughs) But the the possibilities in there are insane. It's insane what you can uncover in there. And like, and because it saved my life and because it had such a huge impact on my self-esteem and, and rediscovering myself, like I wanted to give that to someone else. I love Um, that. And that's why I started teaching. I love that. Well, and I think like too, I just remember the very first time I took a spin class, which was actually your class. And I walked in, I was like, what the heck did I just get myself into? But that when you started describing like the magic's happening and you can just like work through stuff in there, there is something, there really truly is something magical about getting into a spin class where it's dark and you've got the music up really loud. Like you can just put your head down and just ride through whatever it is that you're trying to process. I mean, even outside the studio, like when COVID hit last year and we were having to do like virtual classes, like I remember having moments even in my bedroom on my bike, like breaking down in tears being like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this stuff was pent up into me until I started taking this class. So, um, seriously, you're very gifted at what you do and you make class so much fun and everyone's always laughing and your music's always fantastic too. So I'm like coming from like the yoga world. I'm so curious. I know you and I chatted about this a little bit, kind of like the ins and outs of like being part of a spin community. Like what was like, um, going, you know, I'm just like, like, we're always like, Oh, those teachers must make bank because their classes are sold out. (laughs) Yeah. And we're like, Oh, before I go into before I go into that with grace and respect, of course. Um, you you t- 
touched upon it. You totally said it. You said work through. And that's what it is. Like, everyone wants to work around and skirt things. And you literally work straight through stuff in that room. And it gives you the courage to do so. And, like, you duplicate that physical strength in there into emotional, mental, like, creating boundaries, whatever it is you need to do out of the room. So it's just, like, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. And it fucking translates beautifully. So I love that you said straight through. Because if you go around it, you're going to have to come back. Yeah. You, you can't. You got to go straight through. Um, we make... Okay, so let me qualify that. <laughs> the OGs for the original rhythm-based cycling studio make bank. But that's like 10% of cycling instructors, right? And then... Um, so we make more than people make when they teach a class at a yoga class or something at like a gym. But when you break down how long it takes to do a class, we don't, you don't, you don't get rich teaching spin and you don't pay rent teaching spin either. Even if you teach 12 classes, you're not paying rent with spin. Um, unless you're with studios that give you a, a base salary and then, but those studios tend to like want to work you to death. So they'll give you a base, a living salary, but like barely living salary, but then you're, um, you're freaking like working yourself to the bone. Yeah. And so like, so, I feel like any type of fitness instructor, it's like, you know, I kind of talked about this the other day with uh, a group of folks too, but it's like, you're, you're kind of confined to these four corners in this room. And so it's like, as an instructor, like you said, like, it's so hard to live life off of your pace. So you have to expand and elevate your business in a way, which, you know, I've seen, I've been watching you over, you know, Instagram and seeing your social media pages and how you really elevated your business in a way of like, you know, creating this new fitness app, creating all of these like nutrition and fitness programs to really help people get into this healthy state of mind and body. And so maybe just see, I would love to hear more about your app too, because everyone's always like, I want to make an app. I'm like, dude, apps are hard. They're hard to, to like decide and create. And yeah, it's really hard. Um, so, like, now being on the other side of it and still being in the trenches and learning. I mean, I launched it a few months ago. But um, I've been through some shit in my life, like some pain points and, and, and seasons where it was, like, a massive amount of growth. And, like, we talked on before, like, I definitely uh, resist it. So the whole thing, I can't get into it without telling you how it happened. So my husband is very uh, motivated. He is constantly seeking higher, 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 better, 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 better. I'm more like, you're great just the way you are. Like, we need to accept ourselves just the way they are. And, like, you have all the magic that you need. And accomplishments aren't going to give you happiness. Um, So being the man that he is for my birthday two years ago he gifted me all of this like expensive crazy equipment that I didn't ask for and a website developer and an app oh my gosh happy birthday he couldn't even wait till my birthday it was like two weeks early (laughs) you have to open it now and I'm like yes diamonds and then he brings out diamonds really big fucking boxes like these are huge boxes there's not diamonds in here and I start opening it and my kids are there and live like my daughter puts her hand on my shoulder she's like mom say thank you mom say thank you mom say thank you I was like uh thank you what is I don't understand what this is like I had no idea what it was and he was like I bought you a website and you're gonna start your fitness company and aren't you excited and I was like what the fuck like I had 
zero desire to do this. There was not one part of me. He was like, do you want to start your own studio one time? Because our friends own this great studio in town called F45. I was like, that'd be so much fun. Like, I can imagine having my own studio, da 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 blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, so he took that as like, yeah, babe, let's start a company. So I then had no choice but to start a fitness company. Um, even though I was told, like, this is just like a project. He doesn't talk like that. He's got a very sexy voice. This is just a project. And, like, there's no pressure at all. And, honey, just think of it as something fun and a way to, like, express yourself and, like, expand your abilities. And I was like, ugh, I fucking hate you. So I, like, angrily got into this and touched back on what I said. There's a couple seasons in my life with mass, massive growth. Um, I'm really good at my job. I'm really good at connecting people. I'm really good at helping people. I genuinely care. I can't fucking change the font on my phone, much less build an app (laughs) and a website. Yeah. Like, I thought my phone was broken because I couldn't do something with my Instagram stickers. I hadn't updated it in, like, two years. Like, this is my level of tech savvy. So while I absolutely wanted to have, no, I didn't, while I was cool with like the artistic part of, uh, of building the app, every single part, every single other part was like traumatic. And I'm not, I am not exaggerating when I say traumatic. I would throw stuff across the room, scream, cry, slam things like the amount, the paint, the amount of like insecurity that it touched in me was astounding so um it really made me work through that whole like I could do it if I wanted to so I don't have to try I had to try and it was really fucking hard yeah really difficult yeah um but you got through it though did you delegate some of that stuff to people to do or so I had to do all of the content like I had to do all of the filming the programming the editing of the of the workout videos the voiceovers like the all of that was all me no one else could do that um but I then in the last few months brought in I mean it took me like a year and a half to build all of it but in the last few months since I launched I brought in my bestie and she's been she has that brain where like numbers and charts and excel so she's doing that stuff so now I can do the stuff that I'm good at and not have panic attacks anymore honestly I haven't had a panic attack or thrown anything since she started helping me uh, so see, it's a good thing. I think that's such a huge thing for people to hear like when you want to start a company or you want to start some sort of branding or where you have have like these multifacets of obligations and things that you need to do in order to create your actual business and get it up and going. I always tell people, I'm like, listen, you can't do everything. You can't be CEO and CFO and salesperson and all these things. Like you have to hire the best of the best that are of, of those parts of your business that you are not able to do. You know, it's like, you know, when I put yoga retreats together, it's like, listen, I don't want to cook. I don't want to do all this other stuff. So you like delegate. You're like, I'm going to hire this person to do this for me. And I have it hire this person to create all the, you know, really pretty creative booklet things that we give everybody. So I think it's just so important to hear even like, you know, behind the scenes, we don't see all the work that you're doing. We see like you being a badass, putting all your, your content out there, being successful. We're like, dad, we want to be like her. What is she doing? You know, so it's always good to kind of hear them. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, when you created your app, did you have to like build it from the ground up with like a developer or did you guys buy like a box based 
app program? It's a, it's a living, breathing platform that I'm subscribed to. So I, um, I built it the way I wanted to within the parameters and like did all my, all my branding and colors and all of that, which I'd already, um, obviously done for the website. Um, and then like, I get to choose what's on there. Like some people, um, might just do, uh, yoga or they might just do um literally they'll like just write out the workouts and there'll be no videos or anything like that so it can be like super simple or as complex as you want to make it i'm making it pretty complex and um i have little demo videos for all the workouts i have it done so like when you push play you just push play once and then it goes through the whole workout you don't have to touch it again that's awesome um a lot of those apps you have to like look at it and then go back and look at it and go back and look at it again like I've made it so that it's it's user friendly like the interface on it is really good um not to mention I mean it's just really good like I'm proud of it girl it's you know, beautiful how much effort yeah yeah and like yeah, so the app the way that it looks all of that is beautiful but the shit that I put in it is so good the meal plans are fantastic they don't make you quit any foods like it's bullshit to tell someone that they can't eat a food stop I know. it stop it with that right such crap and the workouts are so good and effective like I have I have a one-on-one training client that I train three times a week and she, in, in real life she joined this fitness challenge that I have on my app and doing the fitness challenge with the meal plans I've been telling her ass for two years to do the meal plans <laughs> two freaking years she's done this for 50 days all she did was add the meal plans and she's lost eight pounds of fat and like ripped up I'm like you're so annoying she's like oh my gosh I didn't know I'm like you didn't know I've been telling you that for two years <laughs> so, so this app you're getting fitness support so you're getting pre pre-done workouts so you've got like a regiment that you follow and then you get pre-planned meal plans too and I'm assuming yeah. recipes yeah. and all so that stuff Yes, they're fantastic. So you get five workouts, five workouts a week, um, all programmed by me, and then you get um, the meal plan for the week, which is freaking delicious. Like, there's nothing on there where you're like, "Oh, I don't want to eat that." Yeah. It's not like rice cakes with half a tablespoon of peanut butter and two cranberries. Like, yes, I'm not going to do that shit to you. Okay, good. Um, it's just <laughs> not okay. And the whole eat 1,200 calories a day is not allowed. That's not, that's not how your body functions and that's not how your brain functions and that's not how you actually stay a pleasant human being. So like that's not allowed either. Exactly. Um, but the part that makes mine different, lots of people have great meal plans, lots of people have great workouts. The part that makes mine like sets it really above and beyond. It's two things. One of them is I'm in there every single day communicating, um, supporting, like I'm in that group chat. It's called Foundations. Fits the workout, fuels the, the food, and Foundations is the group, the support. So the number one reason why people fall off a fitness plan online or otherwise is a lack of a community. Yeah. That's what's beautiful about Ride. That's what makes it special. That's what makes mine special. I created a community on there. Like it is. I cry when I read their messages. Like it's beautiful. Um, And then the other thing is for every subscription to the main program, I, you can nominate a teacher to get a subscription for free. So, um, you know, that came from 
came from quarantine and I come from a family of teachers and I was like, how can I make this special? So that's how. Girl, I love that. I'm like, I'm like, as you're talking about, I'm like, damn, this is what I need. I need to do something like this. I need to be motivated. Oh yeah. I'm like, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm signing up. You've sold me. I don't want to eat rice cakes anymore. (laughs) So you really don't No, That's not, that's I like, 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 I think I, what you just said, it's like, if you pull too much stuff away from you, it's not going to be successful for anyone to like, or maintain it as a lifestyle. It's like you do 30 days, you do the challenge and then you go back to, it's like, you have to give us tools that we can sustain and have on a day-to-day basis. And then it's like, okay, this is real stuff. This is just a 30 day situation. So I'm like, Girl, I'm pumped. I want to do this. So before we get too deep in this, I would love to just hear a little bit more too about, you know, your, your journey with sobriety. I think like I've met a lot of fitness instructors, um, who've gone down that path and got out of it. And fitness really, truly was the reason that held them, kind of pulled them up to the surface. And, you know, I've heard that story in the yoga community too. And so I'm just, I think when people talk about sobriety, they're like, this is my story. You know, I'm this many years sober. And, but I think the biggest thing is there's people that are sitting there and teeter tottering, whether or not they want to stop drinking or stop doing recreational drugs. Right. And so it's like, what was that point for you where you were teeter-tottering that you finally made the decision that I do not want to do this anymore? And then what helped you continue to support this new change in this new lifestyle? Like I've met a lot of people who are like, you know, I don't drink anything. I'm like, okay, let's come up with a cool mocktail. Like let's, let's replace the urge of needing to drink with something else. And so usually that replacement is like, oh, I'm going to do fitness. Cause I, I still need to get the endorphins and feel good. So I'm just kind of curious, like kind of the guts of it. Cause I've heard tons of sobriety stories, but I'm, I know you're so like open with, with everything that you've experienced. And I've heard your story so many times in class too. And I'm just always just in awe of you being on that, that of the bike at the front of the stage, you know, telling us all this stuff. I'm like, she's so freaking strong, but I'm curious, like kind of the guts of it. Like what was that teetering moment for you? Um, it was losing my kids. So, um, not totally losing them. I still was able to see them a total of three hours a week for a year. Um, but yeah, so I, when I when I left my ex husband, I um, I've I'd always been a, been an addict my entire life. Whether my first addiction was sugar, my next addiction was I think my first addiction might have been sugar and lying. Um, and then I stole stuff for a while, and then I uh, liked control. Mm-hmm. That was when I was like superwoman and did everything that I could with school and all of that. Um, and then I, uh, I was reminded of a super, super traumatic event that happened when I was in, um, when I was younger by my childhood friend, like two months before I graduated from high school. And I literally was like SGA president, editor of the paper, like all of that stuff, captain of all of cross country and track and all of that, like overachiever control power. Um, but she reminded me of, of this trauma that we all went through. 
and within, I'm not kidding, girl, within four months, I'd done like 20 drugs. You know, like I made a list, in, that proud list you make in college, like what drugs have we done? And granted, that included, you know, different uh, downer pills and stuff, but still there was a lot of other ones on there. Um, and I didn't even realize that until I was in therapy, like 20 years later, that that's what triggered that's what triggered it. Um, the only way that I was able to deal with that pain was with drugs and alcohol until I found the right tools, right? So people always say, like, that's the problem, but that, that drugs and alcohol are actually the solution for a lot of people until they find something else. Like, they save you until you're able to process it, right? Um, they allow you to still function on, on whatever level. Um, so when, I, when my husband and I separated um my addiction my drinking after the babies I postpartum and my drinking was really they were really close 15 months apart my drinking skyrocketed I started uh I got I got prescribed Adderall again Adderall was the drug that took me down when I was in college and really really almost killed me um I was living in Beverly Hills at the time, a Beverly Hills doctor's wife. I had two young babies, and I didn't feel like I could live up to anything. And my solution was, like, maybe I'll try Adderall again. Your mind makes you forget the bad, and you only remember the good. I was like, I made straight A's on Adderall. I had so much energy on Adderall. I could get everything done on Adderall. Um, so I started taking that again, and then it was just, like, within a year, it was just everything within a year, year and a half, everything was done. Do you, um, do you feel like I have a question about that? Do you feel like when you're in a place where you're convincing yourself why it's okay for you to have a drink or why it's okay for you to take this drug? Do you feel like that's the point that people need to realize that they're now this is a problem? Yeah, it's a, what, there is some movie with Reese Witherspoon, and it might have been, it might have been uh, Matthew McConaughey, and she was like, "My dad taught me when I was younger. Do you remember this? O- only drink when you're happy, and never drink when you're sad. Like only drink when you're happy, and never drink to get happy, or something like that." Oh yeah. Um, and that that makes sense, right? Because you start you start doing it, you use so that you don't have to feel whatever feeling you don't want to feel. Um. And, um, a lot of people do that and don't become addicts, but when you're predisposed to it, like a lot of people don't, Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people can drink every single day, a bottle of wine and they don't become alcoholics. That doesn't happen in their brain, but for the rest of us, um, for the rest of us, it does. Um, your question, when I, when I'm feeling that way, it is, I'm in a place, something has happened my amygdala is taking over. I can't rationalize it and I can't feel that way anymore. Like the idea that this feeling is going to pass or the situation is going to pass, that I'm going to be okay. That idea doesn't exist. And the only solution is using. Um, so that's where that's you were. So you were in that place when you had both your babies, you're living in Hollywood, you can't live up to these standards. So your brain was in, in a process of like, I don't know how to deal with this. And so, yeah. So I, the, the part about like amygdala that happens when you're sober and you're trying not to use to be clear. So when I'm the part about me becoming an addict and like my addiction exacerbating was definitely, um, you know, the pressure I put on myself, the pressure in my marriage, all of that, um, made me okay 
with getting the drug again. I knew I shouldn't have been on Adderall. I knew I was drinking too much, but I was able to convince myself because of all those circumstances that it would be different and it would be okay, right? Within a month, I was abusing it. Within two months, I was smoking and taking out and taking Xanax and like everything to to feel better again, right? And the funny thing is, I was looking for a um, I was looking for a feeling of ease that um, I was creating with uppers and downers, and that same feeling of ease was created when I embraced sobriety. So like that same feeling that. of calm I found. Yeah, I found without anything. And how how did you get to that place? Like, how did you get to the place of, you know, feeling calm and grounded again and not having to use? Like, what was that? What was that thing that kind of like the light switch that went off and was like, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. I can do this instead. Or, you know, what was kind of the thought process around that? It was time. It was time and it was a ton of educating myself and surrounding myself with people who took sobriety seriously. Like your tribe is your vibe, right? Like if you're if you're in the rooms and you're hanging out with people who are like, oh, whatever, I don't want to be sober, then you're probably not going to stay sober. If you put yourself in the middle with old timers who know what they're doing and call you on your bullshit and teach you, like you're going to learn what it takes. Um, I was in a not unique, but in my situation, I was drug testing and it was court ordered and it was an extremely long and malicious, um, custody battle, um, that didn't celebrate the hundreds of clean drug tests that I had at all. You know, it was that kind of situation. Uh, You can fill in the blanks on that. Um, so I didn't have a choice. Like I did have a choice. There are a lot of people who are used that even when their kids are on the line, can't stop. I thank God could and knew that if I used that, I would lose my kids because it would show on the drug test. So, um, I had extra motivation to stay sober physically. And by the time I had emotionally and intellectually caught up, there was enough um, enough time and I was still being drug tested that it was like a, it wasn't a threat. That makes sense. Totally. So it was actually a blessing. Like I was all pissed about it and felt like it was such an invasion of my privacy, but it gave me the time for my, for me to heal emotionally so that I wouldn't give in to physical or emotional cravings. Yeah. Right. And so now being nine years now sober, do you ever feel like there's a moment where you're like, oh, I miss it? Or have you learned to, I mean, gosh, it's like, I just kind of go back to taking your classes. Cause I just remember being like, she has so much energy. I'm like, how does she, how does she vibe oh at God. this level all the time? I don't girl. No, <laughs> people think that it's like, there is no way that anyone could possibly maintain that energy without Adderall. <laughs> no, I'm, I have that energy when I'm teaching. And then when I'm home, I'm really calm. And, you know, I still have that wicked sense of humor. And I'll still, like, I wake up ready to go. I wake up at 100%. My husband's like, oh, my God. Like, I'll wake up within 10 minutes. I'm scrubbing the floors and stuff. It's nuts. But at about 3 p.m., I'm done. I'm done. And if I'm not, I mean, that's a performance. All of it was authentic. All of it was genuine. All of it was me. But it was me freaking pumped to be there and like and 
to lead y'all in that, you know? There's a huge adrenaline rush that happens when you teach that class. And there's also um, a part of your brain that lights up only when you're listening to music. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason that spin feels different than a lot of the other workouts because it's so embedded in that rhythm and that dance and in that music and your brain lights up in a totally different way. So it's no, it's no wonder that that happens in that room. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just like so grateful that you shared your story with us. And, you know, I think it's just important, especially now, like, I feel like we probably have so many alcoholics right now after post pandemic and, you know, living. It's gone up so much. It really has. I mean, I even caught myself, my husband and I were never really huge drinkers, but oh my gosh, like it was like we're stuck in the house for X amount of months and it's hot outside and we can't do anything and we're just going to make margaritas starting at noon. Like I just was like, I can't live this life. I'm sorry. I'm a green juice drinker all the time. So I was like, this is, this is acidic. This is making me feel sick. So I just like, I'm so grateful for you sharing the feelings and the emotions and, and just different resources that people can, can really use if they are struggling with something like that. And I'm so pumped for your app. Like, I can't wait to like explore and get on it. And if you guys are listening, like if you have not experienced Ali's classes, they are so motivating and you laugh, you feel good. I mean, afterwards you're just like on high. So I'm sure your, your app. Is, is reflecting a lot of that too. It is. It is. And I actually like I actually stopped teaching about a month or two ago mm-hmm. now because I had to focus completely on the app and the website. Yeah. Um, That's great. So we're like finishing up. I know it's oh it's so good. We're finishing <laughs> up our first challenge. We have like five days left in the first challenge. Um, and the winner gets like fifteen hundred dollars cash. Wait, no. <laughs> Is it $1,500? Yeah, it's $1,500 cash. Second place gets a month free training with me, which is 1000 And then third place, I'm giving them a Lulu gift card. But, like, my whole point is it's a fitness challenge. It's not a freaking weight loss challenge. I'm not rewarding weight loss. I'm rewarding showing up, doing the workouts, drinking water, eating good food, and supporting each other. And that's I love it. Girl, I love it. Well, um, before we end this episode, I always like to play a game called 20 Questions. They're super, I know, super fun. Are you cool with playing that with us? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to like list them off and quick, easy answers, nothing too big. And we'll just be super authentic and honest with all of them. Oh my gosh. Well, we're ready for earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, let's go. Okay. One. Okay. Now, first question. Your biggest fear. Ooh, abandonment. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, shit. What's my biggest fear? <laughs> People thinking I'm stupid. Oh, well, you're definitely not stupid. Okay. Here's another one. If you were an animal, what would it be and why? Shit. (laughs) I think I would specifically be Sprite. And not because he's a dog, but because he's like literally has everything figured out. He just lays there. He's my little dog that says it's Brussels Buffon, but it's really not. I don't know what he is. He lays there with his tongue out and just looks at you and he's like, girl, it'll be okay. <laughs> like everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You push him off the couch and he's like, I live here now. Like massively accepting of everything. I am Sprite. Next question. You're, you're, 
if you were to eat fast food, where would you go eat fast food at? Oh, in and out every single time. And if not, Chick-fil-A. Ugh, love me some Chick-fil-A. Even though I don't agree with any of the, I don't Ugh. agree with them, but I... Same here, girl. I can't, I can't quit you. I know. <laughs> okay, favorite, favorite reality TV show? Ooh, I haven't. Which what network is that one on? Dude, it's on Netflix. They freaking get married without seeing each other. <gasps> it's called Love Is Blind. And get to know each other. Love Is Blind. I'm writing this and one like down. A psycho girl, and I love it. Oh my yeah, gosh. This season, this season of Beverly Hills Housewives though is fucking epic. Oh, and Salt Lake City Housewives. I haven't watched that one yet. Ever because they don't lie. They're all Mormons. So they just <laughs> tell the truth all the time, and it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's next awesome. Question. Okay, next question. Favorite place you've <laughs> traveled to? Um, Colorado. Yay! What part of Colorado? We were in, uh, we had a tiny little place in Rye, Colorado. Um, it's a town of like 300 people. It's just an energy that's up there yeah. in the mountains that doesn't happen anywhere else. I've been more beautiful places. I haven't been a place that I've felt better in. Oh, I love that. I need to go check that town out. I wonder how far away that is from Boulder. Okay. Far. What's your skincare regimen? Because your skincare, you your skin looks great. Well, thank you. I had cystic acne for a long time. So I've been using Retin-A forever. And then I love, 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 love revision skincare and proactive. Yeah. I love that. I didn't even know proactive was still around. Oh my God, it works so good. <laughs> I think there's plain de-icers, like ice on plain wings. That's one of the ingredients, but it works so, so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, um, the most annoying mom thing, like the most um, annoying mom moment that you've had. That I do? Yeah. Um, that I do or that the kids do? Either or. Okay, how, just to write off of that one, most challenging mom moment you've had? Ah, um, always telling the kids that their dad's coming from a place of love and doing the best that he can. That's the most challenging thing. Yeah. That's a tough one, sister. Um, what drives you crazy? Biggest pet peeve drives you Loud nuts. Loud chewing. Loud chewing. Girl, or too. I cook a dinner and I do it so, so beautiful. And then the, and I'm like, dinner's ready. And they're like, well, be right there. I'm like, fuck it. Get your ass down here. You be sitting at that table waiting like, oh, my God, it smells so good. Thank you so much, mama. <laughs> good. The story of mom life. Okay. What's your go-to like social platform that you typically like to use 90% of the time? Um, Instagram, but specifically stupid memes. 
I don't really like social media. I do it because I have to. I just want to look at stupid memes all the time. Your your memes are so hilarious. Like, anytime I see you on my stories, I immediately click on it because I'm like, I'm having a bad day, and I know Ali's going to make me happy and laugh, so... So funny. I know you're like, oh, totally. If you had to pick one kind of exercise for the rest of your life, what would that be? I know. Shit. It'd have to be weights. Yeah, go. Okay. Good to know. Are you ocean or mountain girl? Grew up on the beach, born on the beach, love the beach, am terrified of things touching me in the water, and hate getting sandy. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate being cold, but I love the mountains in the winter. I'm a finicky little bitch. Next question. (laughs) Most embarrassing thing you've ever done on a date? What was the most rebellious thing you ever did as a kid? Oh, oh. all of them. Maybe not have your kids listen um, to this part. I called. No, I already know this. <laughs> I have a, a policy of complete transparency with them. Um, I used to call the cops in my in my uh, hometown, which is like killed. I grew up in a town called Kill Devil Hills. There's like three thousand people in it. And my mom, my stepdad was like the town hero. He's an international um, deep sea fisherman, like blue marlin, world records, all this shit, right? I hated him because my dad used to tell me that he was a horrible person. My dad was like a horrible person and lied, my real dad. He told me Charles was a drug dealer and that's the only way that he could travel around the world. So I would call 911 and tell them to come arrest Charles. And they'd be like, Ollie, stop calling 911. We're not going to arrest Charles. He's not a drug dealer. you wouldn't want people to know about you. Which is kind of hard because I feel like you're pretty transparent about everything. I'm pretty transparent. Um, I don't like, I don't like little kids. Like from five to ten, I don't like them at all. (laughs) Those are the toughest ages too. I know. I love them. I don't like them. <laughs> Tell, uh, okay, do you have any tattoos? Yes, I have one. And what is that tattoo? It's uh, when my husband asked me to marry him, Dan. Um, he The ring wasn't ready yet, so he had the girls make a string ring, six different colors, and each color represented 
something about our family. Like Aww. gold was for AA, black was for the darkness we went through, green was for the life that I brought to the family, like all that kind of stuff. So I got that tattooed on my back. It was six colors. Oh, I have goosebumps. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, what's one cuss word that you just can't stop saying? Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? I'm fuck a duck. I'm fuck a duck. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a duck. I'm cancer. You're. Ca- I don't know though. I don't. I just did my my chart recently. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Yeah, hmm, just as I thought. I don't fucking know what any of it means, but I have one now. If anyone wants to read it, send it to your friends. Yeah. I'm sure you have hippie friends. Like, yeah. I'm like I'm so. I'm so into zodiac stuff. So it's interesting. You're a Cancer. I would not have put. I would have thought you were a Leo. Interesting. Yeah, I'm so not a Cancer. No. Yeah. Um, okay. If you were stuck on a desert island, who would you be with? What food would you have? The one food you would have to eat for the rest of your life, and what's one song you would have to bring with you to the island that you would have to listen to the rest of your life? What song? I know. Crap. All right. Uh, who would I bring? Who would I bring? My husband, but really, who I would bring was like someone like a, like one of those people from the Alaska show, "Live Off the Land." <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm saying my husband, but I really bring one of those weird Alaskan dudes that can, like, make a house out of a toothpick. Um, or chicks. I don't care. doesn't matter. Dude or chick. They're both amazing. Um, food? Did you say food? Yeah, one. I'm just hungry. Yeah, just one. Just one food? One food. One food? I know. Oh! Fuck it. Twizzlers. <laughs> That's true. That is so mean to ask me. I know. Song to listen to for the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh shit. Like if you listen to this song, it just makes you happy all the time. So you can't live without it. Purple Hat by Sophie Tucker. I love that song. Every time I'm on it, I just think I'm riding my bike. Okay, I always ask everyone this last question, and so I have to explain. It's it's either green juice or tequila, and we know what kind of the meanings are, the background of it, you know. So, are you green juice or are you tequila? Laugh a tough one, but I'm gonna say green juice. <laughs> I like that. Well, girl, this has been so much fun sitting here and talking with you. I think I've laughed more on this episode than I have any other episode. My husband's going to have a hell of a time editing this podcast, the levels, because I've been like laughing into this microphone, but I am like so excited for your app and like everyone that's listening, be sure to follow Ali. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to post all of your stuff on this episode so people can find you. Yes, like go find her. If you need a good laugh, her stories are amazing. I can't wait to see what else is in store with for you. Like every couple of years, I just am like, this girl's doing something else. This is awesome. So again, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got to it. I know. Me too, girl. All right, y'all. Well, thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please leave a comment, subscribe, give me a couple star reviews. I would really appreciate it. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful day.